Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Heart to Heart. I'm Emma Buggy, your host, a teacher of compassionate communication and active listening. And today is episode nine and the second half of our series on introducing and exploring compassionate communication together. Today's episode, we will be joined again with Christina White, my good friend, and we're going to be further exploring the world of empathy, listening with empathy. Anything that is mentioned in this podcast, any links or teachers will be um, included in the show notes. And if you want to find out anything else about compassionate communication or nonviolent communication, as it's more widely known, then you can visit my website at www.empathart.com for more information. And you can also sign up for a free active listening session with me where I will listen to you deeply and hear what's on your heart in a similar way to what we're talking about in today's session. So today is going to be a continuation of last week's podcast with Christina when we spoke about empathy. And Christina's here with me again today to continue that conversation on empathy, listening to each other with empathy. And before we go into what that's going to look like today, I just want to welcome in Christina and have a little check-in to see how are you feeling, Christina, in this moment? Would you like to share with us? Yeah. Hi, Emma. I'm really happy to be here. Um. Yeah, checking in, what do I notice? Like I notice I have a smile and and a feeling of excitement to see you and uh, some wish in a way that I could check in with the people who listened and maybe tried noticing last week and, and see how it went and hear people's experiences. Yeah, there was this moment of like wishing you had a little call in line or something so we could hear people's adventure over the last week. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that kind of sums it up. I feel very enthusiastic. Mm. And how about yourself? Oh, I feel nervous today. <laughs> I feel nervous today. Um, I feel nervous because I'm in a transitional space right now. I'm in an, I'm in France right now, so today I'm recording the podcast from France. There's many changes happening, and I noticed that, like, my my presence, being present with myself is a little bit harder than usual. Um, and I, I guess that's where the nervous nervousness comes from, because I really want to be present. And I noticed when I heard you speaking about this line where we could speak to the listeners, I thought, wow, that would so meet my need for presence because I could really connect with people who are listening right now. And actually it brought presence to me because I was listening to you. So I think already I, I noticed that that nervousness falls away. Yeah. So I'm just going to give a little recap of what we did last week. Um, last week, Christina and I, we introduced and looked at a few different ways in which we usually respond to our friends or family or people that we're talking to. 
ways that we respond when we're listening to them. So sometimes we give advice, sometimes we respond with sympathy, sometimes we respond by wanting to reassure them that everything's going to be okay. Uh, and, and we can also respond with empathy. And last week we looked at how that felt to be the listener when we respond in these different ways and how that felt for us as the, the person who's sharing to receive those responses um, in all those different ways. Um, and then we left you with a, an action step at the end, something that you could try at home. I'm wondering whether anyone did try that, um, what it was like to notice what's happening when you're listening to your friends, noticing your thoughts, noticing your own feelings, noticing if you're wanting to go into some kind of reassurance or wanting to help them fix their problems or whether you're curious about what's happening for them. So that's where we left you last week. And this week we're going to be giving a few tools for you to use, like ways in which you can invite presence into your listening and go from that place of noticing into maybe having some active role that will help you to connect with the other person, that will help you to understand what's happening for them, that might help them to to really feel heard and understood by you. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. Did I leave Great. anything out, Christina? <laughs> I'm, I'm still very enthusiastic. Cool. So, yeah, I think the first, the first thing we wanted to talk about was how it, how it is for us when we start listening. So, Christina, what's, what's one of the first things that you do when you start listening to somebody? Yeah. The first thing I do is really get a sense of my own body. And for me, that oftentimes means feeling my feet on the ground, feeling my sits bones in a chair or wherever I am. And having a sense of being in my body versus just being in my mind. And sometimes that can take me a little while. That would be the first thing for me. How about for you? Actually, it's, it, it is the first thing that I do. And, and if I have a session with someone when I'm listening, quite often I like to do that together. And I, I, I invite us to have one minute of silence so that we can both relax into the moment of being together. Um, I'm not suggesting that you do that if you listen to your friends, but like in the same way, it's really helpful for me to, to have that moment with myself to just invite myself to let go of all of those opinions, thoughts, saving tendencies that I have and to relax into the chair, relax into listening. And I, I noticed that, that that actually might last for a while in the beginning. I might just sit in silence whilst I'm connecting with myself and allowing the other person to start sharing. And then I just like relax into hearing their story. I don't have anything to do. Um, I don't have anything I need to do, really. I'm just sitting back, relaxing, and hearing this other person share with me. And I think that's really the base of empathy. It's like 
What I really love remembering is that's always the place that I can come back to if I start making guesses, which we'll, we'll mention a bit more about in a minute, or um, reformulations of what the other person said. And I notice that I feel a bit uncomfortable or I'm like, oh, well, th this isn't quite working. I, I, I'm, I'm not doing this for, the, for a reason of connection. I, I feel strange internally. If I notice any of that coming up, then remembering that I can just come back to silent listening for me is such a relief, actually. It's a huge relief. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, how that is for you with silent listening. Yeah, I really like what you say as like this being the base of empathy. Uh, for me, I think the same For me to just be with someone is, yeah, sometimes it's the most comfortable, uh, relaxing feeling of presence that I have is just hearing them. And as someone who is sharing, I notice lots of times that's all I really want. Mm. That's all I need is just to have an ear of someone who's actually present though. It's, it's, there's a big difference between me sharing what's going on for me while you're looking at your phone or, you know, looking out the window, uh, and really feeling that you're with me and hearing everything that I'm saying. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, I think this is why for me, silent listening is, is really the foundation that everything else is, um, is, can be helpful in making more of a connection or helping me get clarity. But the silent listening makes me feel like someone is with me, accompanying me. Yeah. Like we talked about it the last time, like walking with me down this path of my own experience. Yes. Yes, it's, I, I so, I'm so happy that you mentioned that that's actually mostly the thing that you want. But for me, it's, it's also like that. There's many times when I just really need the space to vent and to clear all of these thoughts and energies. And I just want to, blah, and having someone who's just really with me and, and, and looking at me and I can see in their posture, in their eyes, they might be spending some moments internally thinking, connecting with themselves and that there's nothing wrong with looking at something else or looking at your phone. It's just a choice. It's like a, it's a choice to say, right, do I want to be present in this moment? Do I want to listen with empathy? Do I want to be fully here for, for that person in a present space? And if yes, and I really am there. It's such a delicious experience to be heard in that way. Like yeah. I've been brought to tears just by me expressing myself and someone listening. They haven't said a single word. <laughs> I just ended up crying my eyes out. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> and I have so much appreciation towards them. And they've simply sat back and listened. It's so powerful. Yeah, I like how you say this, Emma. Like you can be brought to tears by just having someone present and listening to you. 
there's something so powerful in really feeling like you're not alone in your experience. And I think for me, that's one of the greatest gifts of empathy is like we've said before, accompanying someone down the path of their own experience. And I also really like that you brought up people being on their phone or distracted doing other things as being really natural. Like that empathy is just one choice of many ways of being with people. And yeah, I really love kind of reiterating that this is in no way saying this is how one should or needs to communicate with another to be heard or seen or understood. It's just one way. Mm, um, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really just one way and it's just one way that we might choose at certain moments when it feels nourishing for us and at other moments it doesn't serve the communication in the way that we want it to. I love to bring this up because I think this is one of the most important things about empathy for me that I don't think we talked about in the last podcast. And that is that to listen to someone else with presence, we really have to have space ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that when we're full or we're in pain, uh, it really is not possible to be in empathy with other people. Mm-hmm. We might have a tendency to stretch ourselves and, and try to listen anyway. Uh, but it usually is felt by the other person. It's really usually painful to us and not effective for them and can create more distance rather than closeness. Yeah, I really love what you've just said there, Christina, because it's something that's so present in my life at the moment. And all the way through initially uh, learning NVC in the first few years, I noticed that so many times I would go to empathy, listening with empathy, because I had this notion or this idea that it's the only way for us to connect right now because we're having an argument or we're in the middle of something. And so I should, I must listen with empathy, even if I'm not feeling ready to do that. And it's caused so much damage. Like for me, it's, there's even, even now, sometimes I notice that I will go into listening with my partner when we're in a, in the middle of an argument and I'm not 100% fully there. I haven't made that conscious choice to sit back and be with him because there's still so much pain going on internally with me. So it's, I really love that you say that because it's, it's just such a continuous thing that I want to remind myself if I'm not there, if my, my pain meets his pain and I try to listen, we're just going to be clashing with each other. Even if I do all of the outer, uh, actions like sitting down, sitting in my chair, telling him I'm listening, but internally I'm like, ah! <laughs> then I'm not going to be able to listen. <laughs> So in those moments, I would I would go towards self-empathy or take time out in order to be able to come back and listen at another time. 
Yeah, I'm curious hearing you talk about this, Emma, if you have any examples of the price that you pay when you're both really in need of empathy. And there's a nice little phrase uh, I like called empathy collision. Yes. Like when both people are full and one person is trying to listen, but is really doesn't have the space for it. Yeah. <laughs> I have loads of examples. So I notice with myself when I have, you know, 60% spoken myself into this thing of, yeah, I'm listening with empathy right now, but there's 40% of me that's still like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm really pissed off with this person or they just don't get me. But, you know, I've chosen to sit down. I'm sitting in the seat. I'm listening. And he's speaking, my partner, of course, because this is where the real life happens. He's speaking. He's sharing his heart. And then in my mind, I notice that I want to defend myself, that there's a moment where I'm about to, like, if I don't catch it, I'm about to jump out and go bah, 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 and defend myself and bring it back to, that wasn't my intention. That's not really what I meant when I said that or blah, 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 and bring it back to me. Or I might actually even do that. I won't even catch it. I'll do that. And then the other person, my partner, is is stopped in his flow of sharing. Uh, he then gets frustrated because he, you can see him moving back. His body moves backwards in the chair. He looks at me as if to to check, are you with me, or like, were you actually listening, or like, or is it safe for me to keep going, to keep sharing this vulnerable stuff? Um, and then it, it can easily become a dance of defense, 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 defense. And actually, we can totally lose the thing that he was really sharing. And it can actually become an entire argument about who's listening to who. And you said this, and then I said that. And, 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 then, and then it's war. It's full on war. Um, that happened a lot more in the past, but it still happens now, even with all of this experience and practicing if I do not check with myself that I'm willing and I'm fully open and I've actually made a choice to sit down and hear him you know so it's really important for me to make that choice and it's really important for me to make to to take moments with myself if I notice that I'm not willing to make that choice or in the middle, if I noticed that like I was in choice and then I heard something and I got triggered, I really want to slow down and take time out and mention to my partner, I notice I'm not able to listen at this moment. Can I take a minute to, to breathe and just be with myself and check if I can come back to you? And that is really an ongoing practice. We're still learning how to do that right now as I speak. It's not... Uh, yeah. Not a quick well, it is also hardest to do this with the ones you love. Yeah. Family members, partners, kids. Like this is where all of our patterns are most ingrained. So it makes sense to me that, you know, bringing this to your relationship would be kind of an ongoing learning experience for both of you. Yeah. I'm glad I brought that up because I imagine people might be listening at home and they, they could be trying this for the first time with their partner or with their mum and then they go, oh my God, that doesn't work at all. I'm, I'm never doing that again. 
Um, but I know that with myself, I really tried this out in the beginning with friends, with co-workers, with people where my relationship was not so intensified because of all of the past, the history, the bonding, the linking that we have together. Like, it's so important to me that this person understands me that I cannot fathom what my life would be like if that didn't work. And so there's a, it's a higher risk for me to try something and then it doesn't work. Whereas if when I'm starting something new, if I try with people where there's a lower risk, then I'm less worried about whether this person is going to abandon me because, you know, I wasn't listening in a way that was nourishing for them or because I, quote, made a mistake that, uh, that they might judge me or something like that. I'm less likely to feel that um, rising energy of panic in me um, in the middle of the conversation when I've come with this beautiful intention of trying something new. I've come with all this energy in me of wanting to connect and wow, I've got this new idea and this new way I've just heard about it in the podcast. I'm going to try it out at home and I'm all energized. And then my partner looks at me like, what are you doing? Or gets annoyed with me. Or, um, you know, I, I, I try, but I recognize in the middle that I wasn't really in choice and I get triggered and then I react to them. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's much more possible for, for painful moments to happen when I'm right at the beginning of starting something new, which is fine, but I worry that it would put me off from trying again because I'll feel bruised and, and I might judge myself as no good at this and not able to do this. So if I choose to do this with people where there is less of that kind of um, high intensity relationship with then I'm it's more likely to kind of like fall off me if 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 something doesn't go right even though that there isn't a right or wrong but it goes in a way that didn't feel comfortable for me I'm more likely to accept myself for it and try again and try again yeah. and just remembering just remembering that lovely invitation that we had at the beginning um, around asking people if they're willing to be a part of this practice with us, um, it goes such a long way. If I if I tell someone, or oh, by the way, I'm I'm doing this new thing, and I wonder if you'd be uh, willing to help me practice. I want to listen to you, and I want to get to know you and to connect with you in a deeper way. So, um, yeah, would you want to share with me? I like the idea of the invitation um, because it also gives people an opportunity to contribute. Yeah, sure. I, I'm curious. What is this new thing you're learning? I'd, I'd love to be listened to in a new way. And in, in that way, as a speaker, I'm kind of helping your learning process. Mm. Uh, I, I also, yeah, I really like that you talk about asking people who maybe aren't the people that that you have the most entwined, deepest dynamics with. Mm -hmm. Because empathy is like a new language. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the things we're talking about in NBC are like a new language. Um, 
And you don't normally, let's say if you're learning a new language for the first time, you don't start by practicing in an argument and expect mm. the words to flow easily. <laughs> you know, you start with how do you do the weather is nice today, like places where there's less risk and emotion involved. And it also, yeah, it's just a great way to practice. I love, I love the way that you gave that example of like, how do you do what's the weather in a new language? Cause yeah, you're right. It really is. It really is too much of a high risk place to start in the middle of an argument or high emotional situation. Yeah. And also one other thing that uh, I, I love around this new language thing is for me, it's, it's actually remembering a forgotten language. Mm. It's like that is really closer to my natural state as a human being. When I look at children and I see the way that they react to each other at the beginning, when they're really babies, they react to other human beings. Like a mother cries or even a person cries in the room and the baby cries with them. Or somebody does something and, and the child just looks and they're curious and they're like fully there. But And they're always there for choice. And the moment that it doesn't suit them, then they're off doing something else. So children, I believe, in, the, in that really early, early, early um, point of life, the first six months, are so much more connected to that natural flow of empathic curiosity than we are now as adults in a world full of judgment, a world full of expectations and um, certain behavioral um, patterns and ways. This is how you should behave. This is how you should think. This is how you should have a conversation. That's what we've grown up into, but that's not our base. We didn't start with that. So it's like this is, it's like I, I see NVC or compassionate language or resonant language is like, it's like re-remembering a forgotten language. Yeah, I love the phrase re-remembering a forgotten language. And I guess in a way, I, that's what I imagine presence to be. Mm. It's a re-remembering who we are. Mm. And I think that really does kind of sum up what silent empathy is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just uh, an invitation to, to come back to ourselves, to, to recenter, to be present and just listen. And, um, really, really enjoying the way in which we spoke to each other about the different flavors of of empathy and silent empathy and um and how meaningful that is for each of us when we're being listened to from that place of presence and what i'd love is that next week in our next session we're going to talk a bit more about the more active role of listening like how you can listen and perhaps use language as a way to, to, to connect with the other person, to reflect what it is that you've understood, to bring that sense of being heard for the other person. 
and uh, and to check our own understanding of, of what it is that they're saying. Um, so I guess for this week, what I'd really love us to do is to kind of come up with a, an action step that people could do at home, something that they could do between this session and next um, session, where they can practice a little more deeply that noticing what's happening as I listen silently, as I come back to the base of empathy and listen to my friends without saying anything in the meantime. And I wonder if you have any tips or tricks or uh, ways that help you to further deepen that noticing that we we started doing last week. Yeah, I recently was listening to two trainers, uh, Mary McKenzie and Raj McGill, and they said something that I really enjoyed. Uh, it was an acronym, WAIT, W-A-I-T, which they gave a couple examples of. Um, what am I thinking? What am I telling myself? And why do I want to talk? And, and all of these were in relationship to what's distracting me from being fully present with the person in front of me. Mm. So to make that a little more actionable, uh, I really like the idea of making a choice first checking when someone is speaking to me, do I really have the space to be listening to them right now? Do I really feel like I am in choice being here? And if you can answer yes to that, beginning a process of silent listening, kind of with conscious intention, and following up on the noticing that we talked about last time, using this acronym of WAIT. Like as I listen, where are these moments when I'm noticing that maybe I'm not as fully present with them as I might like? And pausing and waiting inside myself. What am I thinking about that I'm not fully present with them? Or what stories am I telling myself about what they're saying? Uh, am I taking it personally? Am I imagining it's someone else's fault? Am I forming an opinion on what it is they should do? Um, and then do I have an impulse to talk? Like, do I have the impulse to say something? And, and this is that WAIT acronym. Uh, take a break, take a breath, and, and wait and notice. I love the simplicity of that acronym, and I, I, I have definitely come across it in the past, but I really enjoy that you bring it up now um, because it's really an invitation to slow down and notice. Slow down and notice, just slowing down those active parts of me that are like bubbling with, with needs, <laughs> with longings to contribute, to help, to understand, to defend, to maybe do something else that I'm thinking about. And so it's really, the acronym really helps me to, in, with such simplicity, to just remember, oh, I just need to wait and check, wait and notice. 
and see what are the things that are distracting me. Yeah, I. it reminds me a lot of meditation, that we're noticing where our mind goes and bringing it back to the present moment. So in, in this practice, you're noticing with these certain questions in mind, like, what am I telling myself? What am I thinking? Why do I want to say something? And just bringing in that element of curiosity, curiosity about what's happening in my inner world as I listen to this other person. Yeah. Like becoming curious with my distractions rather than judgmental towards them. Like, yeah, what's happening in my, in my lovely mind as it wanders from place to place. But it's, it's, really for me uh, learning the skill of gently inviting myself to come back rather than reprimanding myself and judging myself and going oh you shouldn't be doing that um yeah so thank you christina i really enjoyed that um that acronym wait it was a lovely quick way for us to remember at home And I guess that's the end for this week. We're going to meet again next week and give you some more examples of how we listen uh, slightly more actively using language. And, um, yeah, I'd love to finish off with a little checkout and see how we're feeling, each of us, right now. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'd be happy to go first. So I notice as I'm tuning in, I I feel a real vulnerability. Um, Again, this topic of empathy is like so near and dear to me that I really worry about being able to describe it in a way that's useful to people. And silent empathy in particular like having a 20-minute talk on silence is is kind of funny in a way. <laughs> um, so I notice a desire in me to have been to in, in contribution in some way, some worry that I'm not. And then as soon as I say that out loud, there's a little bit of relief because like, okay, well, there at least now I've said it mm. and I can relax into just being me and having really enjoyed this time with you and loving the adventure of trying this podcast together and doing like a little project where we're doing a number of them together. I just so enjoy your company and I love talking about this stuff with you. So I think that wraps me up. Oh, thank you, Christina. Thank you for going first and and sharing your vulnerability and also sharing how this is so important for you. I I notice in me that there is a, a, a lot of resonance in this moment. Like my body is just like, me too, me too. <laughs> That's what's happening in my body. It's like, oh, I so want to contribute. I so want this to be meaningful and... Yeah, I'm, I'm even in this moment, as I say it, 
feeling insecure and worrying that every podcast I create, I, I mention my insecurity, my longing for meaning. Maybe the listeners are getting bored of hearing <laughs> this message. And yet I, I, I don't want to hide my honesty. Uh, I want to be really true with what's alive and that's what's alive in this moment. And, um, yeah, I'm also really celebrating for me the clarity that I feel after us speaking. It's just like through our conversation, I suddenly have all these, um, moments of inspiration, re-inspiration around silent empathy that had somehow fallen back into me. And so now there's this part of me that wants to go and make notes and write things down. So really enjoying that re-inspiration. Yeah, I think that's me. I'm complete. And yeah, celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's to being re-inspired and... I really look forward to us meeting next week and talking more again about empathy, Christina. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So next week's show will be a continuation of this week's show on empathy as Christina and I will dive deeper into the subject together. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Facebook, Emma Buggy is my name, or if you like, you can choose to join the practice group where I upload videos and activities for you to do and we practice as a community together. And that's at Heart to Heart Communication NVC group. I'm going to write a link for you in the show notes so that you can easily find that. Or you can also visit my website, empathart.com, where you can find more information about what I do. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, you, will, you can also sign up for a free active listening session with me personally, where I will sit and listen to you in a similar way to what we've experienced hearing about in today's podcast. And finally, I'm a little shy to mention this as I so enjoy creating the show, regardless of money, it meets so many needs for me. And yet money does support me in making this show possible, as I really hope to use it to get this podcast out to more people via advertising and also to buy better recording and sound equipment. And so only if you would enjoy with the same joy as a young child feeding a hungry duck. That's a wonderful quote that I get from Marshall Rosenberg. So if you can do it with that same joy as a young child feeding a hungry duck, um, donating some cash to help with the flow and the advertising of this podcast, then you can also do that um, by donating via my website at empathart.com slash podcast. So thank you in advance if you do decide to donate. And also if you do not donate, your listening this far already supports me in so many ways. It really meets my need for confidence, sharing, growth, contribution and community. So thank you listeners for listening to this show. And I look forward to sharing with you again with Christina next week.